Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Zoe from Crofton Fit Body Boot Camp. What's going on, Zoe? How are we doing today? Hi, Emily. I am amazing. So happy to be here with you and share 20, 30 minutes talking about business and how we can help other business owners. Yeah, that is the goal. But, you know, before we dive into that, let's talk a little bit about what you guys have growing on at Croft and Fit Body Bootcamp. Um, tell us a little bit about how you run your gym and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Absolutely. So Crofton is our second location. We are a franchise. We focus on 30 minute bootcamp sessions and our line, our motto is we are going to give you the best 30 minutes of your day. So that's really our focus. We have amazing coaches that support that and make that experience possible. So more than anything, I would say beyond bootcamp, what we offer is a 30 minute experience where people feel empowered. Um, there's no judgment. They come in and we ask them to leave whatever's happening on in their lives outside those doors. Just come in, trust us, uh, focus on their bodies. And, uh, you know, 30-minute boot camp sessions, that's a fit body uh, program. Fit body is based out of California. Uh, we really came into it. We purchased the first franchise in 2018, opened our first doors June of 2019, and then opened up our baby crafts in February of 2021 in the midst of the pandemic. Um, I don't think anybody anticipated, especially business owners, having to run a business, grow a business, or even open your doors um, during that kind of uh, economy and uh, out of the norm uh, lifestyle that we had to. But we've made it work and we are here and happy to answer any questions. Yeah. Thank you so much for that uh, introduction to your gym. So was there anything specific that, like, while you were growing up, like, why are you serving the community in this way? Absolutely. So I am an immigrant. Um, my husband and I own both gyms. Um, he is from Chicago. Both of our parents um, did not really have access to health care or had the ability to take care of their body. So we'll start there. That was our, that was our life growing up. And then beyond that, he was really into sports. I have been into sports from a young child, really not as part of the community, but just fired up by something that was not really accessible to me. Um, so fast forward, uh, when we got together um, in early 2000, we knew that at some point in our relationship, uh, when I retired from the Marine Corps, so I served 20 years uh, in the Marines, we knew that upon my retirement, we would wanna open up our doors so that we can expose our community currently now here in Maryland to how to get in shape in 30 minutes at a time. Um, but beyond the 30 minutes at a time, we feel that community plays a big role in your fitness and your health journey. So again, both, both of us, neither one of us really had that growing up. And if you can't see it, you can't envision it, right? So it's not just about um, working out, but it's also about knowing that it's possible to get healthy, regardless of your genetic makeup, regardless of your current health situation. Um, so my husband is fit, has always been active, but 
his jeans suck. <laughs> so he had a stint when he was in his late thirties. Um, all of our family really have complications with cholesterol, with diabetes, um, with heart disease. So these are all preventable diseases, but even when you are diagnosed with it, you're not tied in a box, right? Your hands are not tied. And that's what we really try to, um, reach out to our community and help them understand. Okay, thanks for that explanation. So with that being said, did you have a business background before stepping into entrepreneurship? Um, I would say no. My husband would argue yes. So I was in the Marine Corps for 20 years, but during that time I pursued my bachelor's, multiple master certificates. I went in and got my MBA, always with the idea that I wanted to be a businesswoman, right? Um, so no, I, I did not have a background on sales. I did not have any kind of experience in ongoing um, business operations. But, and, you know, I'm just going to lead this conversation somewhere that I think is really important. And I think one of the reasons why we are successful, I did not have the business experience, but my husband did, right? So what I brought to the table was I, what I did in the military was contracting. So I knew logistics, I knew contracts, I knew relationship building, community outreach, and my husband has over 25 years of experience in business. And wow. so that combination, uh, and, and these are all things that we kind of discussed and talked about, right? We are going to join together, open our doors. You have the business background, you have the operations. So from the beginning, from the get-go, I call him the brains of the operations um, of the business. And I just made sure that everything was done, uh, milestone tracking and just staying on top of contractors, you know, to get our doors open. Yeah. So did you always know that you wanted to own a gym? Own a gym, I'm not sure that that was something that I always knew. I knew that I wanted to provide some service to the community. Um, and, and within the health, and it's funny that I would say this, but within the healthcare industry, I do believe that gyms and fitness industry should be considered part of healthcare in general because you can't have one without the other, right? So one of the things that we kind of looked into in the beginning, and now this was before the vegan craze, I have always been crazy into nutrition, was I wanted some uh, food trucks. But then we looked into that, and again, between the city the and the county reg uh, regulations, we did not want to go there. So the gym just felt easy because of my experience in marathons and Ironman and triathlons. Like I just have an extensive background in actually being an athlete. Um, and my husband did too. Gotcha. Okay. So you've been a, a business owner for, you know, a few years now. Um, if you could list two skills, if you had to, there are lots of skills that you need to be a business owner, right? But yeah. I want to limit you to two skills. And if you had to survive off of these two skills for the rest of your entire business career, thinking of like, also like the long-term goals that you have for yourself, what will those two skills be and why? Oh, wow. That is putting me on the spot because like you said, you need, you need everything <laughs> in your toolbox to be successful. But if I had to pick two, I would say that vision is one of them and Oh my goodness. I would say your ability to communicate, right? So I think that going into a business or into a project blind 
not knowing what the end outcome is going to be, I think that you're setting up for failure. So one of the things I think is absolutely necessary as an entrepreneur is having the end in mind. Um, and then the communication skills, you know, without it, you're going to fail. You need to communicate clearly with your coaches, with your staff, with your team, with the demographics that you want to reach. What are you offering? How are you going to offer it? So beyond just communicating verbally and on a social platform, it's definitely a persona. I think that as an entrepreneur, you have to carry on your day to day uh, relationship building is based on communication. <laughs> and I think, yeah, and I think that definitely ties into the vision. Once I hear this podcast, I hope I don't change my mind, but I do think those two skills are absolutely necessary. Okay. So communication and then vision. I know being a visionary. Mm -hmm. Okay. So visionary mean, meaning like being able to think long-term. Yes. And know exactly, just have clarity around exactly what you want and why. Correct. Yes. I think that you know, some of the things that we kind of, they teach us like online or you talk to people, they're like, focus on here, focus now. Like that learning on the fly, that executing, that immediate plan, I don't think that that sets you up for success long-term. I think if you're putting out fires now, you're unable to see what's ahead. And that doesn't allow you to pivot when change is required and change is required all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you're so caught up. And I mean, and these are hard. I, I would say I learned this the hard way. I was so down into the nitty gritty, into my daily operations, overwhelmed wearing the every single hat in the business, right? not seeing the long-term vision. And that's where my husband, that's where my partner comes in, into play. Um, and I will also say this, I don't know, I don't think that I would be successful in this venture if it wasn't for my partner. Uh, I think that having that balance, again, between the day-to-day -day operations, that visionary, that business mindset, and in our, in our opportunity to bring it together, that combination is 100% responsible for our success. Yeah. Well, shout out to your husband. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's incredible. Hey, D. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, my next question for you is just going to be around marketing. Because if you can't get people in the door, then you won't, the gym's not going to make any money. Right. So I think right. that when a, to the personal trainer that is, you know, thinking about stepping into business ownership, yes you get your certifications in nutrition and strength training, but you also have to know how to raise your brand awareness and get people in the door so you can serve them and also make money to, to live yes. and pay your bills. Yes. So what have you found that's been working well for you guys? And maybe like what's something that you tried to pass that didn't work? Yeah. I think that without marketing, you don't have a business, right? Without branding yourself, you're not going to get people in the door or they might come check you out because they're curious, but they're not going to come back. Um, so we have the experience of the first gym and the second gym. The first gym, we had months to prepare for our opening. There were a lot of issues with our general contractor. So during that time where we could have been stressed out and then just kind of thrown our hands up, what we did was we engaged community 
100% of the time. So what I mean by that is we saw any expo, any gathering, any meeting within our city, um, public parks, we were there. We set up a table, we started talking to people. Um, so that was really key in the opening of the first gym. It's just being at our location with the construction going on in the background, handing out business cards, going out to our community, talking to people who know you, right? Whenever you're an entrepreneur, you're 100% your representative. And there is no, I'm shy. I don't want to hand out business. I don't have a business yet. If you have the idea, then you have a business. And the moment that you declare yourself an entrepreneur, you know, you're looked at differently and you can change that that view by how you act and interact. So, so that's the marketing piece is such a big piece. So for the first studio, we had that community outreach and that really paid huge dividends when we opened our doors. And then fast forward to Craft and Fit Body that we had to open in the midst of the pandemic because we had already purchased um, the, the second franchise and our headquarters would not allow us to delay the opening, um, we were forced to, to just really take a shot on us. So we, because of the pandemic, there was no community outreach, right? All of the um, expos that typically happen, all the festivals, everything was closed down. When we opened, everybody was wearing a mask. It was very difficult. So what we did is we started going, operating, going business to business. So speaking to the business owner, and saying, hey, we're opening our doors. So we spoke to everybody in our shopping center. We gave them flyers. We offered free memberships to their employees in return um, of having our flyers in their restaurant, in their dentist office. We made partnerships with GNC for Bowie, and we made partnerships with Vitamin Shop at the other location. Just really pursuing the, again, it's all about the community that you want to serve. And then you have social media. With, without social media, we could not keep our doors open. Um, immediately upon knowing that we had to open that second location, Crofts and Fit Body, we started doing uh, Facebook, Instagram. We just started putting out um, videos about form, about <laughs> exercise. So you just have to provide content that's considered valuable, right? Because you haven't opened your doors or maybe your doors are open, but they haven't experienced you yet. So the best way that you can give them something of value is by putting yourself out there, your knowledge, your experience, your team, testimonials. So, so definitely, um, and, you know, without going into the paid ad marketing, we've tried some other things that didn't work. Google was a failure for us. Yelp was a failure for us. And those were monthly membership fees that got out of hand for us. And the return on that was minimal. Like, I don't think that we had four full paid memberships that come out of thousands of dollars that we did with Google advertising and Yelp advertising. Okay. So did y'all try pay advertisement on Facebook, like any type of campaigns? Absolutely. Okay. And this is, this is the funny thing, right? As an entrepreneur, don't rely on your knowledge and your experience for it to work. Bowie responded phenomenally to our ads, to our lead um, generator. So we kept getting leads. People kept showing up to Bowie. So we tried that, you know, it worked one time. So let's see if it works in Crofton. And, and we had minimal return 
It, I mean, the demographics and the funny thing is that they're seven miles apart. So because they're in bordering counties and it's completely different demographics, right? On one side, uh, you have people that are very responsive to social media. And then where we are now in Crofton, they just don't respond to social media. Um, and, you know, kind of getting into the deep, into the weeds of uh, market research, Crofton is a more affluent um, community than than Bowie. So it, and then you can go in deeper. There's a lot more parents and a lot more um, younger parents in the Crofton area than there are in the Bowie area, and those are the markets that we're operating in. So, you know, whenever we relied on social media coming in. I came in thinking I could do the same thing for the second location that I did for the first, and that just backfired completely. And so we shifted more into community outreach, building relationships. Um, There's some new communities that, have, that were just built. So we went to the builders, we got in with their HOAs, um, offering discounts through already um, existing groups. So not us trying to reach out to them, but it's kind of inserting ourselves within their group and say, hey, they're there if you want to see them. And we've had more success with that. I gotcha. So community outreach, that's interesting. So really good response from paid ads in first location, but the second location, not so much yet. Um, did y'all ever figure out why that was? No, I can't really say other than what our... Um, you know, our after action, just meetings and conversations and really talking to the people who come in, they are, um, you know, they make more money, but they're more price sensitive. Um, so that and the fact that there's a lot more studios in that area. So we have more competition and all of the competition are established uh, franchises, small studios who already had their core, I think, members in there, or at least the, the core people that they were searching for. Um, yeah, and I think that that just played a big role. Um, we've tried with different types of ads. So, I mean, I took Facebook ad classes, mm -hmm. trying to see the A, B, trying to change the actual pictures, the wording. It just didn't work for me. Yeah. I have well, to learn. I, I commend you for trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. and just having that, that um, mentality of just taking responsibility uh, for where your business was at the time. So I think that's, yep. I appreciate that mindset. So um, when somebody, let's say I'm a client and I come in through like one of the businesses that you built a relationship with, um, what is your role in getting new people in the door and signing them up like are you doing consults are you doing the selling or do you and your husband just kind of divide that up no so what we do i mean all of the coaches what we do is we offer three free sessions we get them in the door and, and if they try to sign up we're like you know we don't want you to sign up we want you to experience what we have to offer and we want you to commit to this um, we ask for three month commitment. So what we do um, with our partnerships and say our biggest partner here would be like a vit vitamin shop. Um, 
they just have our flyers, you know, they're like, go check them out. They give us some free stuff for our members. So it's a nice balancing relationship. But in terms of selling, um, that is definitely an area that we can possibly grow on. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, what, one of the things is for a long time, we had no minimum requirements. So meaning you can pay for a month, you're on an ongoing contract, but you can cancel at any time that wasn't working for our business. So we made it into a three month minimum agreement. So you're staying on with three months and then you can cancel after that for any reason. Um, So in terms of selling, um, I think that the biggest uh, point in our sale is the fact that they have unlimited bootcamp. It comes with a consult, a monthly consultation where we provide with nutrition, they get an in-depth composition scan, We do monthly private events as well, again, trying to build that value and that sense of community because if they feel like, if our members feel like they're part of that community, it's higher chances that they're going to stick around and they're going to want to be around um, the members in the gym. So it's... Yeah, we, we do a lot. We do above and beyond and, and just kind of tying that into the vision. That's what we pictured all along. We never pictured having a, a location where people came to work out, but it's really having a location where people came, worked out and felt a sense of community where your peers were younger, older, all genders felt comfortable working out together and just integrating a healthier lifestyle until it became the norm. Gotcha. Okay. That's good to hear. So, I mean, would you say that when you guys made that switch, well, let me ask you this first, how long did it take for you to make that switch to a little bit of a longer commitment? Six months. Six months. Okay. Were there any like particular red flags or signs that you were like, okay, this isn't working. We need to to pivot here. Yeah, so within six months, we were not at our membership base that we expected to be. And we realized that any one of them could cancel at any point. And we would be, we did not wait to be in a bad position. We anticipated that we could be in a bad position if people just started canceling. So then we started looking around and most of the gyms in our area were asking for 12-month commitment, six-month commitment. So asking for a three-month commitment, we don't think is too much of an ask and it would protect our business. Uh, so we didn't have to close our doors sooner than, than we want to. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So would you say that that has just having people come in and commit to themselves for at least three months um, has led to more people staying longer? We think so. Um, because in three months that allows us time to build a relationship, give them results, right? A lot of times they'll bring up buddies. So then it's not just them, but it's their community outside of our community. So I think three months is a sweet spot. We would not want to increase that any longer. I think it works for both of us, um, the members and then us as business owners. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So tell our audience a little bit about like, on the business side of things, like what are you doing on a daily basis to help grow your business? Like what does your day-to-day look like? Right. So my day-to-day can look very different, right? Depending on any kind of initiative that we have, but I'll give you an example right now. It's the beginning of the year. Hopefully all my studio owners out there are seeing a huge boom um, in membership increase, but we don't just 
rely on it because it's New Year's, they're going to come in. So we started our marketing back in December, right? So what that included was us reaching out to old members that haven't been around in a while. So we'll pull out of, and our system is called Lost Sheep. So all of our Lost Sheep people that haven't come in in a while, canceled a year or two, canceled a few months ago, and we'll say, we'll touch base. And we don't automate things, right? So do we have, we definitely have room to grow, but our business is based on that one-on-one -on -one relationship. So while it's time consuming, going through, reading through the notes, mentioning something um, personal goes a long way. Like, hey, um, we hope you're ready to get back in the new year. Hope junior is doing great. Your dog is good. So always tying it back to a personal experience that they either had or that we know about them. So start sending text messages. So the text messages, we have a really good return on that. Um, they are, they're able to opt out. So if they consider it spam, they can just say stop like any other uh, text subscription. So we, so that's typically what takes a lot of my time. Um, I'll do a minimum of three posts a day for both of our locations. And I try to make it new, fresh, engaging. So the posts on social media, and I have them automated to go on Facebook and Instagram. I am not active right now on Twitter, um, but it'll be a welcome. It will be a celebration of a member. We celebrate their milestones. And then it'll be a video of a short or fun clip of the workout either that week or the week prior. So really touching our social platform three times a day on both locations, that alone can sometimes take about an hour and a half. And I haven't been able to make that any quicker than that. Um, I'll make phone calls. I'll make phone calls. Um, you know, just like the administrative stuff, if anybody hasn't been in in a while, if anybody's birthday is coming up, um, let them know that we have a challenge. So it's really because we're small enough that we can touch our lost sheep, our current members, um, we're able to do that. Right. And we don't have any aspirations of growing this beyond two locations, but that's really um, where most of my day-to-day -day goes. And in terms of um, marketing and our headquarters support, there is a lead platform where anybody who comes across the headquarters website, they go in there, they submit a three-day pass. We, follow, we try to follow up with them that same day um, so that we can get them booked for the three free sessions. Gotcha. Okay. So you're doing a lot of work in your business. Yes. <laughs> anything about your day-to-day -day that you would like to see change eventually in the future from does that make sense the question oh i can't hear you i can't hear I you i lost you oh wait can you hear me can you hear me now yes yes okay i'm sorry about that it's okay um well so one of the things i would like to see is definitely um it is so time consuming for me to reach out to all of our um, to all of our prospects, to our members. I think that being able to build a stronger team, I think is definitely something I would like to see. Uh, if we if we grow the gym just a tad bit more, we're able to give our coaches a bonus. And I think that once we are able to give that back to them, I think that there will be a little bit more buy-in. Now, we have an incredible team. 
Um, but I think that that additional um, incentive uh, of a bonus will definitely um, make them more um, more enthusiastic, right? Um, and we have an again, we have a phenomenal team right now. We have one facility manager in Crofton, and Kita is just she's incredible. Um, but definitely getting another facility manager that is able to do my social media, I would like to see that. Okay, so build a stronger team so that you can give your coaches a little bit more money um, and also get somebody to take the, the social media burden away from you. Okay. <laughs> yes. Not that it's a burden, but it just takes a lot of time. It's Sometimes. time consuming. Yes. And yeah. and you want to be authentic. You know, I guess the one thing, and I can tell you as a business owner, ideally I would have that time freed up, but nobody sees your vision as clear as you do. And, you know, one of the things I've learned is, is really just kind of being selfish it, because you need to keep your doors open. In order to keep your doors open, you need to be able to delegate, but some things you can't delegate. And then for me, it's that social media touch because we know that we have gotten so much good reception. So it's really hard to turn that over to somebody. So while I say it's something I wish I could pass on, it's probably not something I want to pass on. <laughs> Completely understand that. <laughs> okay. So as we come to a close in the podcast here, I definitely want to touch on like what your goals are for 2023 for both of your locations. So you seem to be a visionary and I, I feel like you, like you are very clear around what you want and how you want your gym to grow. So kind of um, paint that picture for our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, well, we have two big goals for 2023. One is we want to do a bit of a field day and have both of the communities from Bui and Crofton come together and do like a field meet of sort. And we think that bringing those two communities, we were gonna be able to touch an extended uh, family uh, through them. And again, through the community outreach, we wanna have sponsors. We wanted to be an event, like a, like a festival of sorts. So that is a 2023 goal that we have. But in terms of what do we see happening, um, definitely expanding our services, I think is necessary uh, only because of what we have seen in Crofton. So we can continue to do the same thing and expect different results. Uh, we haven't nailed down marketing in Crofton and I think pivoting to either offering different services to include perhaps an open gym session, um, maybe even venturing into personal training to allow our coaches some more floor time and again, make some extra money. Um, yeah, with, with the mindset of we need to take care of our immediate team. And we tell our team this all the time. Yes, we're here to serve our members, but we're here to take care of you first. Yeah. Um, so that they're happy, they can produce, they're living out their dreams, and then I think they'll be more effective. So definitely long-term, um, possibly grow our membership twofold, which if we can double our memberships in Crofton, we would definitely be uh, on target um, from our projections when we opened our doors. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Zoe, um, it's been a pleasure to host you on the podcast today. But before we sign out, um, please tell our listeners where they can find you. 
absolutely. Thank you so much. I have had so much fun talking to you, Emily. Um, please, if you are in the Maryland area, you can look us up. We have buoyfitbody.com and croftonfitbody.com. We're located in Peachy County and Anne Arundel County. Check us out. Send me a message on Facebook and I'll get back to you right away. All righty, Zoe, we really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and really looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to accomplish down the road. Maybe I'll come and check you guys out one day. I'm not too far away from Maryland. So I would love that. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining us on the show is the one and only Darren Firth from Aspire Body Transformations, located over in South Minster, United Kingdom. Welcome to the show, Darren. How are you doing today? Hello, mate. Hello, Joseph. I'm absolutely fine. Thank you very much. Good. I'm <laughs> glad to hear that you are doing absolutely fine. That is good to hear. Um, I'm excited to have you here in the podcast because, you know, before the podcast, we spoke a little bit about how, you know, renamed the business. You moved quite a bit. Um, very interesting to me, but, um, let's start off the podcast with you sharing the inspiration behind, you know, becoming a gym owner. No, I mean, I've always been into fitness right from a super early age into weight training and stuff. I played high level football, um, played a lot of uh, high level squash, played pretty much every sport you can possibly think of, but, um, always had a craving of just owning the gym really. Mm -hmm. So uh, but I was playing football, I damaged my knee quite badly, I had to give that up and uh, turned to personal training and become a personal trainer for a while. And I've got a few other jobs as well. I actually had a building company for uh, some time, actually hated the building industry and then went back full circle back to personal training and uh, set up myself basically, just set up a little gym from home and uh, that grew rather rapidly. Just done a lot of one-to-one -one there and then started doing group training there and that out, just outgrew itself in, in yeah. about two and a half years. Now look for a little bit of investment, got some investment and um, yeah, moved into a bigger premises. Uh, that we outgrew that place pretty quick. Obviously COVID hit and stuff and we we, we rode through COVID. That was pretty yeah. rough as most uh, business owners know that. And then uh, we come out of the other end of COVID and then just continued again. Thank you. So it's basically our clients that save us through COVID, not so much uh, grants or anything like that because uh, mm -hmm. we, we we do monthly memberships and a lot of our clients continue to pay the monthly membership and we we gave their session back but without that we maybe possibly gone under not too sure but anyhow mm -hmm. but um yeah we come out of covid and then uh outgrew that gym and then relocated again to south which uh 
our facilities now uh, just over 5,000 square foot. We have uh, five personal trainers. Uh, we have uh, admin staff and all sorts of things. So, yeah. <laughs> My goodness. In a nutshell, really. <laughs> yeah, been a uh, long journey. Sounds like a fun journey, though, and, you know, yeah, fulfilling right. as well. Well, I love fitness, so I don't care about the business side of it and when it goes uh, sideways. Yeah. Not so much sideways, but more to do with, uh, you know, when it's hard and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just saying kind of like doing yeah. And you know, why not get paid to do what you love? I mean, there's like a saying, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. But, um, so that is a good backstory there for our listeners, you know, to gain a better understanding of how you got here. So with where you're at right now, why don't you share, you know, the best part of, you know, being a gym owner and the most okay. challenging part too. Right, challenging part. Okay, it's obviously overheads. Yeah, <laughs> having a gym is very, very expensive. People don't quite realize how expensive uh, premises, rent, um, obviously your tax, um, staff wages, all that's very, very expensive. The most, uh, the most, uh, one of the hardest things, obviously, uh, learning how to market properly. You got to learn how to market. Probably marketing is one of the hardest things you ever do. Mm-hmm. Um, not talking so much about logistics, making sure your your actual ethos is about helping people, not actually worrying about the money side of things. The more you worry about the money side of things, the more you're stressed about money, the more you'll pull your reins and you'll start cutting corners, which we don't do. We just worry about passion, helping people, and making sure. Well, two of our main things we guarantee is one is uh, results, you know, one's keeping people happy. So I we we aim for that in our kind of our, that's our little that's our little, what's, what's the word. Possibly. Not yeah, ethos, but it's our uh, mission statement as such. Mm. But um, best thing about open gym, uh, running a gym, helping people again. Okay, there's nothing quite like someone coming up to you after a couple of weeks and telling you you kind of like change their life, which we we do. We're personal trainers. We don't show. We don't. This is an open gym. Mm. Um, just training all the time, having people come to us. They're humble. Actually, people want to come to our gym and actually train with us. And doing same. I just. Absolutely love. So no, really, that's that in a nutshell. It's yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. I mean, running a gym is phenomenal. I mean, if I if I sat and went into full detail, it's not an easy thing to do. So as you as you said earlier, like we were chatting before we turned the call button on and such, you know, like people go into an industry or a, a, some form of you know personal training, and they don't realise the actual the work ethic that's going to behind the scenes, and it's quite a pretty when you actually see that, and when you actually start doing it, because it's not kind of what you want to do. To be like a police officer, I guess, whereas they want to go and be doing police, and most of the time they're sitting behind a desk, and it's not really what they want to do, but it has to be done. And it's the same with this as well. I had to do a lot of stuff I don't like doing in terms of marketing that to actually be able to do what I want to do. And so, <clears throat> but you have to do that in every line of business. So I don't think there isn't a business out there that you don't do that. You have to put effort into saying that you don't want to do, mm-hmm. okay, to actually get to where you want to, what you want to be able to do. But we enjoy what we're doing. We have a good laugh, which we really do most of the time. Not all the time. You know, it's hard. It's just hard when things are when it's starting to peer down you inside like COVID. That wasn't fun as such. You know, we kept our clients going through COVID as well with Zoom and the things. But when you see your business massively going backwards after you build it up so many years, that's just completely soul destroying. But the only comfort in fact there was it was that happened to everyone else as well. So you just had to kind of grit your teeth and just get through it. But if you're ever thinking about becoming a personal trainer, well, yeah, do it, but just don't be fooled by the fact that when you actually look into personal training and the advert reads £30,000 a year, okay, uh, a guaranteed job, because it doesn't work like that at all, okay? You're going to a gym after you've got your qualification and you'll have to then to pay gym rent maybe, okay? Not always gym rent, sometimes just gym hours, 
In that same time, you've got to market yourself. You've got to learn how to market. You've got to spend a lot of money on marketing. You have not a clue about marketing. It's very, very competitive. It's not an easy industry. It's a very hard industry. But if you can put your head down and just grit your teeth and show your passion, it will always outweigh everything else. And that's what we do. That's how we can grow up is just the size we've grown it. And so, yeah, that's solid yeah definitely the the positive one well i mean positive negatives are you know subjective and relative to, to each person but the best part has definitely been being able to serve people and change their lives which i mean let's just be real all of us fitness you know professionals come into here to do that to change people's lives um most challenging is definitely the marketing and actually being the business owner, which I hear a lot here, you know, talking to other gym owners, um, which, you know, leads me into, you know, a question for the, you know, well, for your gym business, you know, what is your elevator pitch? So, you know, what kind of services do you offer specifically to your members? Okay. We give massive packages as such. So I would give massive packages for affordable prices. So, you know, the main thing people get here is uh, at first we well, we run programs. Let's talk about that. So we do an eight week and a twenty eight day program. Okay. Okay. We do programs so it gives people a, a fixed kind of focus rather than just oh you're going to come and train with us. So they have a particular program that they've got to follow. But that follow is a service on the body. Okay, so we pretty much do an overhaul on their body, like cardiovascular clean through a carbohydrate depletion, all sorts of stuff to get a pancreas working properly and things like that. But otherwise. So it's a big old service on the body. They get two sessions a week, okay, and they get obviously their nutrition trainer to all of them, but on tailored towards them. Sorry. But on top of that, they get open gym, they get a we've got online training site. We have loads of stuff we give them, but that's all completely free. But it's just the fact we make people pay just enough to pay attention, not to break the bank, which in this day is nice. People like that. But also we actually guarantee results. We always yeah. guarantee our results, 200 percent money back guarantee. And not once have we not had to give the money back. Not because, not because we only because of the fact we're so well not, i think we're bloody good at what we do so i just so i'm gonna sort of get it out but I, I think we're good at what we do we just guarantee results okay but the main thing we like to keep people doing is just basically staying happy staying fit staying healthy staying connected and giving them something that they wouldn't already be able to do on their own you know so if we're group training we do do one-to-one training as well but predominantly group training we train up to groups of trade 25 people uh, if the group's about 25, we have a big facility anyway, tons of equipment. Yep. But if the group's about 25, we generally split the groups up into smaller groups. Sometimes we keep them together so all the PTs are working as one. Sometimes the PTs will break off and do individual little groups and things. We're all fully qualified and master personal trained myself. I've been doing personal training since I was about 17. So don't forget as well, if you're thinking about being a PT, it's not about your qualifications, it's about your experience. You know. mm-hmm. I get my qualification, not through my qualification. I get my qualification through the amount of people I train. And I don't know how many people I train. Every single person's a different Probably thing. a lot of people. Every single person to find fingerprint in this universe. You know, there's not another person like them. We've all got the same kind of genetic blueprint, but they're all sort of different. They're, you know, different uh, different jobs, different uh, stress levels, different families, different X, Y, and Z. So don't ever think you're going to have one particular client that you can actually answer. You can't, you've got a particular answer for every single client. It's that's that's where years and years and years of experience comes in. So I, you know, that takes a long time to get there. So when I was a PT, when I was younger, I knew to grow muscle, I knew to lose weight, I knew to talk to people. But when I look back now, you know, I wasn't a great personal trainer, not not compared to what we are today. But yeah, so uh, with group training, like I said, 
Uh, I can't think what else. What else? We do a lot of events. We sponsor a lot of people around. So we sponsor football clubs. Uh, we think about sponsoring our local rugby club. Uh, I do a lot of speeches in places. So I go to uh, I'm going to our, our local yacht club. Uh, yep. I've done a speech at an architectural firm a little while back. Um, talk about fitness and health and uh, uh, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, we raise money for uh, breast cancer and other charities. So. We do a lot. We try and do a lot anyway. We try and do yeah. as much as we can. So we're not just a standard gym. People will say that's the main thing about us. So we're not, you know, a bit of a boutique gym. Or I guess I'm not saying the word boutique. It's like a boutique gym where when people come here, they feel like they're part of something, which sounds really cliche, but it, it is. They do. They are. So we've got a little, you know, like an, it's a network, network of people. So our client base at the moment is... 50, Get off of about 200. And we lost when we moved. Uh, so we moved from a different premises. We moved. We lost half our client base, Ooh. and uh, we're just getting that back now. So I, yeah. it doesn't sound a lot, but it's quite a lot of people. That's, that's a lot of revenue right there, and a lot of members just in general. It's not. It's not too bad. They will pay a monthly membership. Um, some, uh, yeah, we'll pay a monthly membership, and that's it really. So I front end. So I, we have programs at the beginning. They do their program. We do a full service on the body, no matter what they come here for, whether it's muscle mass, weight loss, mental health, whatever. Mm-hmm. The actual system, uh, the actual system, clean through, just kind of sorts all that out. Again, it's too much detail. <laughs> then they go into the thing. Sorry, our back end. So our back end is basically they go up to three sessions a week, okay, and they get a little bit more. And they get invited to more stuff like our major masterclass and things. We do masterclass as well. So, our training masterclass, nutrition masterclass. Although we tailor their nutrition and their programs, we also mm-hmm do that on top as well in fact we've got to do a masterclass soon but yeah so we do a hell of a lot we don't just we just not just stand and bring people in train them to a gym we try and do yeah. as much as we can so and it's fun <laughs> yeah it sounds like you guys do like the all-in-one kind of like one-stop shop for you know clientele you have like as you said that whole you know diagnostic when you're know, starting off and you have the whole program um, and you also mentioned that you have some like open gym. Is that yeah, other, uh, mainly for the memberships? That's only membership. That's a good question. So we get a lot of people asking, can they come and use the gym? No, not unless you're a member, not unless you're a member of the group. You mm-hmm. have to be actually a, a member. That's of, smart. Yeah. So some of the people like the fact, some people don't like that fact because they had to become a member. Other people that are a member like the fact that that's only their, only their gym. So the, the open gym is only when the sessions aren't running. We don't do that many sessions. If, essentially, if I run down a standard day, if I do a Tuesday, it's a 6 a.m., a 7.15, a 9.30, then we break all day and we do one-to-ones and other things and admin and things. And then the evening we come back and I'm going to put a different, I'm going to put an additional session on that day. Okay, and we'll do a 5.15 and a 6.20 and a, 7, a 7.25. That's pretty much it. We do, we will put more sessions in place when we require them, but yeah, so they're just the sweet spots are just the good times that people just want to train. So awesome. the PTs that train with us, that work for us and stuff, and uh, they train in the sessions and they do clean, they do other bits and bobs, they do one-to-ones and they get quite, they get a quite nice, easy day. We do a four-day week. So we work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday morning. So they get a whole weekend off on a Friday afternoon. So everything in our system and everything in our actual processes are for the best, actually, for the client. It's all set up for the client, but also perfect for the people that work for us as well. So they get, a, you know, they get quite a bit of time off everything's con- compressed and super efficient and yet they yeah and they get unhappy. yeah keeps so unhappy so they're not working ridiculously stupid hours like i used to as a one-to-one client you know sometimes i'd actually go out and do like a one o'clock in the morning just to earn 60 pound yeah that's all right not too bad we're doing that on a regular basis you used to kill me i should do 12 hour days so when i was doing my uh, uh private personal training 
my own, I used to have a 12 hour day, whereas I'd actually work flat out 12 hour a day. Now, if anyone's, anyone's a PT that's listening to this, they will tell you doing 12 sessions in a day is goddamn hard. That's a lot of hard. people and a lot of personalities. It's ridiculous. It's, it's massively tiring and draining. So to be able to compile it and compress it, yeah, it's quite a nice thing to do. The sessions are hard, but we do. They're very high energy. They're super fast paced. We're all about mechanics of the body. We're not about beasting people. So mechanics of the body is the functionality of the body. Hypertrophy, time and attention, full range of motion. So muscle building, for say. But also a little bit of functional as well. We do a lot of functional stuff. So functional is like fun. We're pushing the blood back into the muscle the way you've already broken it down. But also, it's just fun as well. So like aerodyne, sledges, <clears throat> power balls, all sorts of stuff. And it's just like one big bee's nest of activity, even people shouting and having a good laugh and working yeah. out yeah i like <laughs> how you guys uh how you guys do that four day kind of like work week and then like three days off there i think that also you know helps to make sure that your trainers are rested so that you know yeah. as diane said that they're happy coming back in so they're not drained all the time diane's not rested i'm not rested i'm still working and so is diane <laughs> we're 24 7 that's what happens when you run a business don't, don't you fall to fit oh god business i can have time off no, you work like a man, man, most times. Mm-hmm. But if you enjoy doing it, it's fine. It's fine. It is fine. I'll be bored otherwise. I'll be bored. I'll be spending money on unnecessary things. I like to spend money on our business. I like to push it in and make it better. So, I mean, Diane does all the admin. She does a hell of a lot of work in, in that side. She's always doing calls. She's always connecting with people. She's always changing the sessions. So her job never stops. And mine doesn't either. But the PTs, their job, yeah, it's kind of like it, it, they... So certain amount of hours, it's more of a shit patch. It's not hours, things, thing, the day finishes when, when everything's done. Yeah. And then they get the rest of the time themselves. So they can do other stuff. They do other their own on a one-to-one unless they're doing one-to-one for us. They can do their online stuff. So it's, it's just it's just a perfect setup for the PC. And if you're ever, if you've been a PC for like four or five years and you worked in the gyms, you'll know how goddamn hard it is, especially with gym rent. When you're paying gym rent, you're like, I, when I first started, I, uh, I actually worked at LA Fitness for a while. I think I was paying something in the realm of, I don't know why I think 700 pounds. It couldn't be off. I'm going to say 700 pounds, the top tier when I had 40 clients. And I had, to, I had to find that every single month. Don't quote me on the 700 pound. I can't remember if it was over 470 or it was 700. So it's a long time ago. But basically, it was a lot of money. It was actually a mortgage. You know, I, I had to find that money before I even got any money in my pocket. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I started my own thing. So straight away, I earned that much money just by starting my own my own thing. But um, yeah. then learning more about marketing, I have to understand marketing. You know, So I was lucky I had a good word of mouth and I had a good client base already. But then I started studying marketing, understanding it, Facebook ads, you know, Instagram ads, mm-hmm. just keep uh, just keep learning, just keep learning. And you'll never learn them either. You're never going to fully learn them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're different from one day to the next. You know, we do a lot of YouTube, although we're not doing any at the moment. And also, if you do run a gym and you do a lot of this advertising and videos, then you become a bit of a, a local celebrity, which is weird. Mm-hmm. You can't go anywhere about being recognized, mm-hmm. which is okay. But um, it's a bit creepy when you... Mm-hmm. you know, People when you're, uh, people know everything about you and your life, it's a little, uh, little interesting. Um, which I actually want to dive into the uh, marketing side of things. So, so far in the journey as a gym owner, what has worked really well for marketing, and Basically. wasn't hasn't okay. worked very well. So, like, what has worked, what hasn't? Well, it's funny because different demographics actually uh, work with different platforms. So, where we were in Pearly, YouTube would smash it for us. It was crazy. Over in Southwind, so YouTube doesn't seem to work as much. But what you must remember, Facebook's our best platform. It just works the best in Instagram as well. Mm. But what you must remember is you've got to live in the marketplace. Subliminal yep. messaging, such as like we have banners up. We have kite banners over all over Southwind. So 
So people see that, it sticks, and they see us again. And before you know it, they just can't, but there's nothing else to look at and there's no one else that's going to be in their face all the time. It sounds a bit wrong, but you're constantly in people's uh, line of sight. So it's subliminal messaging, but Facebook is the best thing. So we all run YouTube, maybe not get anything from YouTube, but people see on YouTube, jump on Facebook and apply through Facebook. We use several different funnels and different ways of bringing in clients. So we, uh, uh, we use click funnels. We use lead ads on Facebook. We also use Messenger on Facebook. And each one has its own kind of setup and different way of, of, of going back to the client. Mm. So when you apply it, when you when someone applies, never go back with logistics. Always go back with why they're asking to, that they want to join our program. Embed what their problem is as such. Yes, what we're here for, to answer a question to solve a problem. You know, if, if you go back straight away, oh, um, you know, what's your program? Can I have a bit more information about your program? And you go back, you know, our program, we give you two sessions a week. We give you... No one really cares about that. What I want to know is if you can solve the problem. So uh, you yeah. go back and ask them. Some people don't. Some people just desperately want to know the price. The reason why people want to know price and they can't quibble with our price, so our price is ridiculously cheap for what we offer, is because it gives them an excuse to actually tell them, okay, I don't need that help. Mm-hmm. So it gives them that justification to be able to say, that's too expensive for me now. Now, if you're kind of like sounding a bit rude with people and things, but if you we charge basically £16 a session. That's uh, We do two sessions a week. That works out at £32 a week. Where you, if you can't find thirty-two pound a week, there's something fundamentally wrong there, and you shouldn't be contacting the personal trainer in the first place. Yeah, like where are your priorities if you cannot find that much money? Well, that yeah. little bit of money, yeah. yeah. To invest into yourself to make yourself healthy and fit. I mean, one first bit of investment you always do is yourself. It's just simple. You know, these aren't guruish silly things. These are these are standard facts. If you're no good, you're no good to man or beast for yourself or anyone else around you or whatever. Okay, if you're not healthy, if you're not fit. So I use the 32 pound a week. Now, what they're doing is they're just giving that, that's their excuse to be able to say, no, I'm okay. I'm going to sit on my sofa and eat my crap. I'm just going to say to I am, I, I have to suffer that because I haven't got the money. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to go blitz that on whatever, you know, three bottles of wine, pizzas, mm. whatever. Okay, which is going to cost you nine, probably about 100 pound over a course of a week. I can't give that up. I don't want to give that. Why? Because it's too easy. So, you know, we have to talk people around that and make them understand about that. You have to be a, bit, a little bit rude and a little bit um, in, the, in your face when you're doing your sales calls and things. You have to be a little bit blatant. I'm sorry, so I'm, a little, I'm a little bit confused. I'm not too sure. You know, if you contact us, you want that help. We're guaranteeing that help. It sounds to me a little bit like you're a little bit nervous about not getting something for, the, for your money. You're scared of not getting a result, but we're going to give you 20% money back guaranteed. Yeah, but I can't explain. Why have you contacted us? You know, we, we can be a little bit like that. We don't have to accept that because it's the truth. Yeah. As much as they might not like it, they actually kind of like, they come off the phone and try and tell themselves otherwise. And it does resonate in their brain. They're right. I'm just making an excuse so I don't have to follow through. Society is a nasty place to live in at mouth. It's vicious. It's nasty. Everything's negative. Okay. It's easily, it's easily, uh, it's very, very easy to just sit on your butt and just be phenomenal. And you're told it's okay to be like the wealth. You know, there's tons of uh, adverse on TV that say it's okay to be overweight. You know, you should be comfortable in yourself. It, that's okay. You know, we had the NHS now, phenomenally overstressed as such, you know, our health service. And that in itself, so I'm going to turn this radio off. That in itself is a savior for people to actually know that they can go out and blitz bad food and drink because then they've got backup. Because, um, you know, science and everything's coming through even more now. So people are surviving longer, not because they're healthy, because they've got better ways of making people survive and people rely on that it's terrible it's wrong it's not how we're designed it's not how we're designed i won't go into full consultation but you know primarily we're designed to use our mechanics to be active to eat certain foods at a certain time of the day simple and people just yeah. deal with it. the 
opposite. Anyway, there you go. Sorry, random. You're all good. Yeah. So it sounds like you really like the Facebook stuff. So is that mainly organic or are you also using like paid advertising? We use our organic for our kudos. So I, we don't really do much in the way of pushing out loads of posts every day. We don't do much uh, email marketing or anything like that, but we use a lot of paid, a lot of paid ads. Okay. You know, because firstly, well, you know, the problem with Facebook is they can shut your account down very easy for the most simplest of reasons. Like even that. if it's just, a, yeah, even if it's for a standard check. So to run just ads and not really have any any other kind of backup is a little bit dodgy. But we have other platforms. But where we are, you no, know, we get a lot of recommendations. So we kind of get probably more recommendations than we do actually get off of Facebook. But we run a lot of ads, so we pay. You know, we pay do a lot of paid ads. We don't actually pay that much anymore. We used to pay anything up to three and a half thousand pound a month advertising, which in the world of advertising is nothing, but we're local. And then we managed to kind of bring that down a little bit to just over a thousand pound a month. So not that I worry too much about how much we spend as long as we get in a return. Yeah. So with our with marketing, you should understand the fact that as long as you're getting the same back, the same back as what you spend, that's fine. Okay. As long as you have a back end program not filling a leaky bucket. So if we just had a front end program, which we make out we have, so we tell people we've got an eight week program, okay, and we just sell that, and I spend a thousand pound on that, okay, and we only get a thousand pound of sales, that's pointless. Mm -hmm. I don't care because to a point that we just got a thousand pound of customers, we didn't make any money from that, but in eight weeks time, we'd take 75% of them onto our back end. So then they're paying a monthly contract. That's how most businesses set up. Like, you know, that's how Coca-Cola works, believe it or not. You know, they yeah. spend a lot of money in ads. Like, See, like they can do that because they have humongous, you know, safety nets. But us small business owners, we can't really do that. So, you know, with your process of, you know, marketing and getting people in, let's just say you spend, you know, $1,000 on average per month. Let's just say mm -hmm. you get... Mm, 100 leads per month. Yeah. Let's just say hypothetically, um, one comes in, they close in terms of, you know, becoming a member. Um, relative to the ad spend, how much do you get back on that? You know, like how much upfront do you normally get for, let's just say like a challenge or, or like a contract? So we generally aim for, so I'll tell you, I don't know, hopefully not a lot, a lot of our clients watch this. <laughs> we're, aiming for, we're aiming for like a lead minimal 20 sales a month. 20 yep. sales a month we look for. Okay. At that 20 sales, we look to make about 4,000 pounds around that point. Yep. We have to try and hit that target. Last month we've done it there and that we've done about 6,000. This month we're only about just coming over two and a half, two and a half thousand, I think. But otherwise, um, so out of them, say 20 clients, we want to make sure after they finish our program, we try and take at least 15 over to the back end. Yep. And at 15 and our client base, the people we have, we allow to lose five people a month. So essentially every month we take over 10 new people, if that makes sense, yeah, it does. which we have a back end of cost of £134 a month per client. So every single month we should be making an additional £1,340 on our back end. So that grows and that grows and that grows. So the front end, as you can see, is irrelevant only when the back end is strong. Mm -hmm. Okay, the back end at the moment, because it's, it's getting there, our back end and our front end are both quite equal, uh, are quite equally important. So we have to be hitting that target of front end sales. Otherwise, the bank accounts go backwards mm -hmm. as such, because we have a lot of expenditure. It yeah, the whole us. system has to be in sync with one another. Um, so hypothetically speaking, 
you know, do you know how much it costs just to run our gym a month? You said 5,000 square feet. I know that the prices over in the UK can be a little pricey sometimes. So 5,000 times, let's just be rough here, $25 per square foot. So how much is that? Well, with wage, if I'll tell you with wages and everything, okay, our gym rents is 1,800 pound a month. With that rent, it should be so 1,500 quid when we claim that back. But otherwise, excuse me, uh, to run our gym with wages and everything, and just everyone just cutting even, we need to turn over 16,000 pound a month. 16,000 pound a month to run a gym like this. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. You know, it's expensive. A standard yeah. gym have to have that much because of the fact that they don't have as big a staffing or anything like that. They don't have PTs to pay. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's that's just a standard bog standard that just puts everything into a safe place. So every single month we have to turn over 16 or 1,000. It's quite a lot of money when you think about it. It's not yeah. a lot of It's not a lot of money. It is really in terms of it is when you think about 16 pound a month, it's quite a lot. You know, I mean, last month we turned over 22,000, which is quite nice. So, and we just, as our backing gets gets up there, you know, we turn over more and more and more and more, more. But we're not about the money anyhow. We have to be about the money. We have to understand the market. We have to understand we've got to be keep an eye on the market and make sure it's working. Otherwise, you don't have a business. Otherwise, well, you're just dead in the water if you just blatantly ignored the money and just didn't care about it as such. You don't have a business. You can't do the yeah. main number one thing that I'm you here to do. You can't be the business owner running a good business. Yeah. But you can't do the main number one thing, which we're here to do. So <coughs> serve people and help people. You know, it's, uh, but you have, you know, you've got to take that and accept it. Not that I like it. I don't, I don't like the business side of such in terms of like the market. I don't mind a bit of marketing, but it's something I'm not really interested in. It's just something I have to do. So, I mean, I've got other people that can do it for me. I've got, uh, I'm part of a networking group about the gym owners as well. And we communicate a lot and we talk to each other a lot. You know, when I, when one of our gyms isn't going too well, you look at theirs and you ask them, how's yours? Oh yeah, we're having the same problem. So it gives you a bit of a comfort blanket. But in general, yeah, we're pretty much self-sufficient, aren't we? Yeah. Very self-sufficient. So it's a case of, uh, but I've been doing it for a long time. So yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So over the next, let's just say 12 months. So January 11th, 2024, where do you want this gym business to be? Well, we're actually got, so next door to us, we don't want to be, we don't want to be too many different demographics. When I first started, I wanted about three or four of these in different areas. And I don't think I want that now. I want to kind of keep them a bit tight net. So in about two years, we're looking at, there's a property right next to us. It's a listed building. And they're just about to start working it and renovate it. I'm already in talks with the landlord that I want that. And I've already focused my eye on it. And that's what I'll get. So in terms of, you know, I'm very good at focusing on saying and just actually getting it. It's just, I just, just keep going until our gym, we get it. So that's where I'm going to be in two years. Our gym will be over 400 clients. It'll be over 400 clients. Mm. At that point, we'll kind of bottom out what we can kind of do. Uh, we'll have other stuff in the mix as well. Um, we was going to become an academy. I don't think we're going to do that too much. Now. We was going to bring people in and train as personal trainers, but it's, the effort and the return from it isn't half as good as what we're actually used to doing now. So we might as well concentrate on what we're doing now because it's a better return. Otherwise, I'm going to split my focus onto too many things. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be getting next door, and that's been about two years. That one there is about five, 6,000 square foot. I think I'll be reasonably happy with that for a while. Yeah. Well, we're looking at investing ABT into properties and that as well now. 
So we're looking at doing that. So we're expanding in different avenues, not just putting all our eggs in one basket. So that'll be another step that we'll be doing over the next couple of years, get a big portfolio of different properties and stuff. So yeah, other little things, other investments. That is exciting. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> we got to focus on the gym business. My goodness, got to get that more and more and more. That's awesome. Um, so Darren, why don't you share with our listeners that one piece of advice that you wish you had when you first got into <laughs> gym ownership? Get a mentor. Get someone that to get someone that's been doing it. That's the same across any line of business. Don't waste your time. Oh, it's my computer. Don't waste your time. Is that charging? Sorry, I think my computer's charging. Are you charging? Yeah, sorry. Don't waste your time uh, trying to do it yourself to a point. You can do. I've done it for a long time, and I've got a long way. But find some communicate with them, pay them, and that will give you more sense of attention. Don't think you're going to get anything for free, and just follow their lead. So if they've done it and they've got several gyms, I done that a little while back to really bump everything up. You know, found a found a guy. He's uh, got about ten gyms. Does not what we do. We do our own thing in terms of how we do stuff, but the setup, the marketing, and it just like we just push us to another level faster. So it's stuff I already knew, but just stuff that you kind of you need. It's a bit like people know they should eat protein for breakfast, and yet they don't. They just eat the carbs; it makes them feel good because it's a comfort thing. Okay, so I wouldn't say there is. It's a bit like what's I was saying. If I wasn't trying to fault them, mm-hmm. but what I was trying to say was, uh, and it's like you know the answers, but sometimes you question the answers. But then mm-hmm. you've got someone who will say, "No, no, no, that, that's correct. Follow through with that. Don't steer clear from that." But when you're on your own, you're kind of oh, question it. It's like it's a safe, major safety blanket, you know. Yeah. They can give you, you know, it's a connective thing. So, best bit of advice I can find was give to someone if they're thinking about opening a gym, even if it's a standard gym, not so much a personal training gym or anything like that. They find someone that's gone done itself. Go find just go in a normal gym. Most gym owners are nice. Most gym owners are friendly. Okay, people such as like, uh, well, if I think of most of the people I know that own gyms, they're all nice. Generally, the staff are a little bit not, or the actual members as such in a meathead gym are maybe not, but the actual person around the gym is more than happy to actually talk to you about how they've done it, because it's nice to actually give people advice. Yeah, It's lovely to be able to give someone advice. You know, that's part of the reason why I do what I do. I'm not a great lover of society and how it works, but what I do like is giving people my experience and knowledge and advice. It's a nice thing, okay? Mm-hmm. So they'd be happy to do the same. If they're not, then go find someone else that is. And it's very rare you won't find someone. Someone coming into me and ask me, unless they're thinking about opening a gym next door. <laughs> you know, as long as you say something like, I'm, I don't live around here. How did you start this? Um, I mean, years ago, I was gonna I was gonna get involved with a guy called John who owns a place called Fitness Factor over in Whitton. You might be someone but interested in the podcast in Whitton. Got a massive gym, really nice guy and stuff. And I was gonna go into business with him and I was gonna do personal training things like I'm doing now inside his gym. I didn't have quite have to eat. I didn't have the facility. It's very hard to find facilities for gyms. It's phenomenally hard. I mean, it's ridiculously hard. It's like needling haystacks, sort of stuff. And we were lucky yeah. to find yeah. this. I mean, uh, retail aren't interested unless you're uh, pure gym. Okay, uh, uh, plate of not what's going on retail. I think commercial. Commercial space is absurd when it comes to pricing. Yeah, and it's expensive, you know, yeah. and also they're not interested unless you're a conglomerate. They see gyms as a risky business, okay? But so we've we all we done is we got a lot of clients. So we when we were sourcing our new place, we put the ear to the ground and asked people, and we got you know the fishers who are actual our landlords here, 
lovely people. They've got loads of places around here and they were more than happy to actually have us here. And we didn't know a couple of years ago, they was going to ask us, to, one, of the, one of their family members was training with us and they were saying, in, as you know, just generally talking, do you think Darren would want to come over here and have one of our units? He said, no, he's far too settled. Well, funny enough, um, we did. They didn't know. But it's phenomenally hard to find units and stuff. So there's another thing. If you are thinking about starting a gym, don't think you're going to just pick up the phone to an estate agent and find someone. You'll go through thousands. I mean, we at one point, when we were thinking of moving, we even tried places up north to see if someone just said yes. You know, to take, mm -hmm. I can't, is it D3 now? I can't remember, I can't think. But it's just to see if they're, um, that, that's the terms of use. So so I, just to see if someone would say yes. So it was just, no, not interested, not interested, not interested. So if you, the best bit of advice I can give is, go talk to people that have already done it, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Watch some YouTube uh, videos on people that have signed up gyms. Contact them through YouTube. Contact through their, their, their Instagram if you want, okay? Just set up an appointment. Just do it. It's simple. And then just find some form of investment and then start it and then just put your head down. You know, we turn over quite a bit in our first year and that's actually in our first year as a spike body transformations in the, after the first year we shut down COVID. That's how much, that's how quickly we grew in a year. You know, we got that bigger client base to be able to push us through COVID. That's because we've been doing for a long time beforehand. We had everything in place, some marketing, uh, you know, we had all the correct mindset and stuff. Got the wrong mindset, the wrong marketing techniques and stuff. People just give up too fast. And it's hard around the gym. It's not simple. Otherwise, no. it's just not. Otherwise, everyone would, would be doing it and everyone would be staying in business for, for longer. Yeah, it's hard. But uh, I've always wanted to do it. I've always wanted a gym. I used to crave, if I ever went to a gym or worked in a gym, I used to think, oh, who knows this? It'd be cool. I and mean, I can sit out in our bar now, in our protein bar, and I'll sit there and i watch the sessions going on. And uh, it's quite humbling. It's really weird. It's like this sort of mystical sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So after this, at nine uh, past eight, we have a big consultation. We've got 10 people, new clients with, with, um, on boarding. And um, they're coming to sit down on the sofas and watch the sessions. And there's this sort of this, this mysterious, mystical kind of thing we've got to set up, like, oh, it's one of the personal trainer, the bird about him. So we kind of, in our business, we have a bit of a pedal stall thing where's, how can I explain that? A pedal stall thing where uh, it's a bit mystical. So people don't quite know exactly what's going on inside it. But if you sort of set up and what it is, it's very, you know, it's got massive murals on the walls and things like that. And we put little promos up, little tasters and things. We don't really fully open up to what we do but there's word of mouth and people talk about us a lot and people talk about us so i'll sit out in the gym and look at watch all the session i think wow it's pretty cool and, and i own it you know yeah. in years past i've sat in gym to think oh i'd love to train here i'd love to own this and that's a nice feeling and i still had that today since i started doing it really i like that feeling and that's a bit silly but i like the fact that when i'm driving to work on monday i'll see other people driving to work and they're going to a crappy job sitting behind a desk, stressing, waiting for Friday. And I'm going working to- for someone else. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Working for someone else, working for money, not money working for them and all that stuff. Okay, and in terms of, I'm going to a job that people are going to come to us and train with us, and I'm going to get to train. I'm going to get to train myself. I'm going to do the thing I love the most, apart from playing music. <laughs> and, and um, you know, and have a laugh at the same time. I get to do that. So yeah. it's, it's, it, it's good when you're there. When you're growing it, it's still good when you're growing it. It's exciting. It's exciting. Just don't expect it to kind of like, you know, go wild overnight. Mine did a bit, but I had a big client base.
But if you start from Which scratch, that helps out a lot. Yeah, more mess. Strong. Yeah. If you start from scratch, find someone that's done it. Even if whatever you're thinking of doing, find a qualified, find a, a mature personal trainer that's been doing it for say ten years. Find a gym owner that's been uh, in the gym business for. 10 years, five, it's, it's impossible not to succeed really today when you think about it. When I was younger, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have things like that, okay? We didn't have any form of communication with people. We had to kind of just work it out for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Today, you've got the world at your fingertips. So mm-hmm. it's it's just the fact that people believe everything should be easy still because it's always fast fix and you know to make money, make 10,000 pounds in a month and two months and all that sort of stuff. It's all just crap. It should be worth. It's unrealistic. You actually have to put in the time and the effort to actually deserve that. And we really have to, as you said, get yourself around people who've actually done it, listen to them, listen to what they have to say, implement it for a very long time. And then eventually, you know, you're, yeah, you will finally, you know, reap what you have sown over the past time period. Um, but Darren, it does look like we are running short on time here. But before we Darren. sign off, <laughs> why don't uh, you share your social medias and your website uh, link so our listeners can find you? How do I do that? Uh, oh, just say just, it. Just, yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay, aspirebodytransformations.co.uk. Okay, uh, uh, Aspire Body, uh, Facebook, Aspire Body Transformations, or is it the other way around? Aspire Body Transformations, Facebook. Do them too if you pretty much find us. So, or if you put in ABT, uh, generally, we come up then. So just put in Aspire Body Transformation on, on Google and we pretty much blitz the first page. Our Instagram is Aspire Body if you're, if you're interested. <laughs> Have a look at the website. You see a picture of me. That's <laughs> awesome. I stand there with my arms folded. I should take that one. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thank you for sharing those, Darren. And I want to thank you for hopping on the podcast today. It was a great time speaking with you. Oh, oh thank you, Joseph, mate. Thank you, bud. Take of course. care. Of course. And all of our listeners, we want to thank you for tuning in to listen today. Um, you know, don't forget if you want to be notified about our future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show is the owner of Amarillo Strength and Conditioning, Yvonne Yurtega. Great to have you on here, Yvonne. I'm excited to dig into this. How are you today? 
I'm doing great, Joe. Thank you for having me. Um, it's awesome to get on here and kind of just talk with you guys. Talk in business. We're, we've got plenty to talk about, and we'll get to that here. But before that whole conversation, I'm a big believer in context. Give us some, some insight into Amarillo strength and conditioning. When you describe this gym, what do you tell people? How do you, how do you put this into your own words? Um, we, I usually start out with, it's a private barbell club. It's not your typical global gym. Of course, we're a lot smaller. Um, you kind of have to have a, a knowledge of what you're doing before you go in there. So we actually have a pretty selective uh, process about people that actually get to join. So you just can't become a member by signing up online. You actually have to have a, a invitation extended to you. Hmm. Now, as I understand it, the business in the gym existed before you and, and you took over at some point as the owner. Tell us a little bit, take us back to when all of that happened. What was going on for you? What inspired you to take over as owner? And tell me about that experience in general. Um, I had been a member to Amarillo Strength and Conditioning for several years, approximately like nine before I took over as owner. Um, and the, the previous owner, who was also my strength coach and a very good friend of mine, her name is Heidi Kaufman, and she um, taught me a lot. I used to train and do fit, uh, group fitness before at other places. And so at times when she had extra clients, she would ask me if I could assist, and I would. And I think um, that was right when all the COVID mess was going on, and mm. we were staying home with children. And I came to her and I said, um, I think I'm ready to come back and start training like a little bit more consistent. Um, my kids are older. I have more time. So that that's where I was when right before all the transitioning and the, the opportunity to take over as an owner came about, um, they had, uh, uh, had to relocate for her husband's, uh, job. And so it kind of just a door just opened. It was not anything yeah. expected. Didn't quite plan on it. No. <laughs> and so we had just, it was funny. My husband and I had had a discussion about her and if she had ever talked about partnering up with anybody and she had no clue. So when she came to me and told me, Hey, we have to move. And I said, what about the gym? She's like, well, if somebody steps up and takes over, it would be great. And, um, so we said, okay, and here we are. <laughs> yeah you know the rest is history so yeah tell me uh obviously taking over an existing gym and opening a gym from scratch are, are vastly different tell me about your experience with acquiring uh, an already existent business it was awesome honestly I mean everything's established um we we kept everything we tried to make the transition as smooth as possible um I really didn't change much in the uh, sense of like membership uh, requirements and those those sort of things. Um, we did change up just, you know, cosmetic stuff inside, like change things the way I wanted to move them around in the gym. But um, it was just great. I mean, because you didn't have to start from scratch and open the door without one customer yet, you know, um, it was and it, it was established almost for 10 years. So well, actually over 10 years. Um, so it was a business that had been going and it was reputable and I couldn't ask for a better thing to buy, you know, to take over. So that's good. 
because there are plenty of of stories throughout this podcast and beyond of people taking over existing gyms and having much harder transitions than you did. So I'm I'm glad to hear that that was positive. And you you have experience opening up or at least starting gyms like this in your past. So get a little philosophical here and look back at least on the, the time of you being the owner of this business. What's been what's been your favorite part about owning Amarillo and what's been the most difficult, most challenging part for you in this business so far? I would have to say the most the best part is that it's a facility that somewhat it pretty much runs itself as long as my member base is up where I need it to be. Um and um, that was really good. And that was one of the great, uh, the selling points, right? My husband said, I think you should do it. It gives you something to do. You know, you, the kids are older and you don't have to be there 24 seven, which is awesome. Versus when I had my first gym, when we opened it from the ground up, I used to work, you know, 15, 16 hour days, five to six days a week. So it was <laughs> quite different. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's very different and it's it's nice. Um I get I'm in the I'm at the place where I get to work as much or as little as I want. Um it depends where I want the gym to go and that sort of thing. I'd say yeah. the most difficult thing I think about owning this gym is just because we're such a specialized and small place that it's kind of hard to find um help in the sense of the right person to come work there with me. Um, because we want people to be uh, properly trained on barbell mechanics because that's what our gym is based off is the barbell. Um, we have plat platforms and racks and barbells and dumbbells. We don't have any weight machines, so people really have to know how to lift. And um, not every trainer out there is trained properly on barbell mechanics. So um, that's true. <laughs> it's kind of hard to, when you try to interview somebody that's willing to say, hey, I have a client base. Can we come in and train? And um, like we kind of have to go through this process to figure out if they fit in or not. Yeah. Staffing is a rabbit hole that we could go down for hours and hours and hours and probably isn't useful for our conversation today. But it's worthwhile to note that the more niche down we get, the more of an experienced person we need, right? Yeah. You guys, are we using specific barbell methodologies that require probably years of experience and extensive training? Yeah. So finding the person to coach people on that, it can be a challenge, right? This isn't just your, your run of the mill step aerobics boot camp that we can throw anybody and anybody into. It's, it requires a little bit more due diligence on your part. Now, explore the, the client side of this with me, Yvonne, because you mentioned the business existed 10 plus years prior to you. Um, but since you have taken over, walk me through your thoughts around marketing. What's worked well for you? What hasn't worked so well for you? What have you guys done? So we don't do huge marketing schemes. I mean, I when I had our first gym, we did television, we did all those things. Um, this one is pretty much because we're such, we're a private barbell club. Really how it works is we go off of word of mouth, our website, um, social media, um, which is something that I'm trying to get better at. Um, and um, 
really that that's how it goes. We have, you know, members that have been there for years. So when it comes to our student camps and student training, student athletes, it's usually the children of those families that have been there through those years or have been a member previously. Um, that seems to work for us now. Um, I do have some things going on that I'm working on myself in order to help uh, market our gym a little bit more. Um, by the end of the month, I should hopefully be a certified uh, Renaissance periodization nutrition coach. And that's another thing that we'll be able to offer. Interesting. Um, okay. Yes. So um, it's a new, a new service Yes. from, from a nutrition perspective that you think, well, let me ask you this, because I think that the, the delineation is important. Do you think that'll bring in new interested people? Or do you think that's something that you'll just offer as an add-on service to your current members? I think it'll be, it'll be both because it'll be an add-on service that I can add to clients that I'm already working with or, or potential ones. And then I, what I like about it is it's not necessarily that I have to work one-on-one -on -one with all the nutrition clients that come through my door. They could be online. So that's another avenue of um, generating new people to come through yep. and access to the gym. Uh, sure. Another thing that's been a huge uh, marketer for marketing thing for our gym is that um, we're, everyone in the gym that's been there for many, many years was trained under the starting strength method and people look for that. And, um, and so when they ask, you know, do you have experience? Can you help me? I bought, the, I bought Mark Ripito's book. Um, um, that's, I'm not a coach, a certified coach yet. It's another credential I'm trying to get by the end of the year. Um, but that, and I think it would be an asset for the gym to have it. People in our industry have this never ending desire to learn and to, to be certified in all of these continuing education things. So I, I commend you on that. I want to bring it back. You mentioned social media being an aspect of this. What does that consist of for you guys? What are we actually, are we, are we posting content, videos, articles? What does that actually look like? there's where I need help because I feel like uh, it's it's another job just to stay up to date with social media yeah. <laughs> advertising or marketing you're not wrong that's um, true so um I post things when um you know things that our members are doing we have several power lifters at our gym so I always post stuff about them if it's you know happening when we have student athletes doing things, I try to post that. Um, if we have any new offerings, then I post about it. Um, and so I get I get several messages that way. Uh, but uh, like I said, it's one of those things that I need to work on. It's not my favorite thing. <laughs> I think you're not alone in that boat, Yvonne. I think if we're being honest with ourselves, people in our industry that care about training and have been doing this for a long time, I have not one time in the history of hosting this podcast, never have I heard somebody say, I grew up as a little boy or a little girl dreaming of one day sitting behind a laptop and running Facebook ads. <laughs> Just doesn't happen. People, no. do, it's not, it's not the sexy part of the job. It's not the exciting thing that we all dream about, but 2023, it's uh, it's a somewhat necessary evil of what we do and, and can be a really, really great growth strategy for people in the fitness industry. Most people, most interested buyers 
when they're looking for a gym or a trainer or a coach, they're going to either go to Google and search gyms near me. They're going to go to Facebook or they're going to go to Instagram. And so for us to be active on those things is, is imperative. Now bring us to the next step here. Uh, we, we get leads from wherever they come from. They walked in off the street. It was a referral from one of our members, wherever. Walk me through a typical sales process. Somebody's interested in joining. What's that conversation about? Who are they speaking with? What do they sign up for at the end? Um, they're most likely speaking to myself. Uh, and we just discuss what they are looking for in a gym, what they want. Um, because the way our process goes is they have to do one-on-one -on -one training. They don't come from a background of barbell training whatsoever. Um, they usually have to go through training for a month or two with me until I feel comfortable um, with their um, lifting skills in order to say, okay, I think you're ready to kind of go on your own. Um, and we discuss that. And if it fits them, they're like, yes, let's do this. If not, they're like, well, maybe I'm not ready for that. Um, because our gym is a little bit intimidating because we don't look like a typical gym. They just can't show up and say, I'm going to get on the treadmill for 45 minutes. We don't have treadmills. You have to walk outside or run outside. One of those things. So, <laughs> um, but yes. Um, so usually I'll call back or if it's through email or whatnot and kind of see later if I haven't heard from them in a while. And I just extend invitation to come over and like we could discuss things again or sometimes we'll do a, you know, I can take them through a workout and say, this is what we do. Um, but that's really what how our process goes. If I understand correctly, there are a multitude of different directions people can go or services that people can can subscribe to is it in that process that you're more recommending hey i think one-on-one -on -one training is going to be best for you or hey i think this group may be beneficial for you or is the original focus in that process to get somebody on a membership and then we can have that conversation for where else they can go from there um, actually, no, it's in the conversation of trying to direct them and where they can go. Because like I said before, um, there's a lot of, there's a checklist we go down basically of like, okay, let's see if the person is knowledgeable with the barbell. Um, what is their experience? Um, what do they want to do with their own fitness and health, uh, goals? Um, is this place going to be a good match for them? Will they be somebody that doesn't mesh well with the community already. Um, all those things, I can really get to know somebody and know about them once we do like one-on-one -on -one training or even if they wanna bring a friend and do a group training, uh, that sort of thing. And so I can really get to know them and build some kind of rapport with them and say, I really think that you would fit here. If you are serious and wanna become a member, then that's when kind of- Here are the options, I see. Yeah. Beyond that, hypothetically, this person signs up. You as the owner, what have you been focusing on since you took over to retain these people? How are we capturing these members and keeping them for the long haul? Um, I think uh, one thing I try to do is try to keep in contact with those that um, I've personally trained as I've taken over. 
Um, I try to make sure if I haven't heard from them, um, I try to stay on top of like, how's your program going? Do you need help? All these things. So I try to offer extra help along the way. Um, if they need to get together and do another session with me, we talk about it and doing it to kind of revamp or refresh things. Um, all our members that have been there prior, they really do their own thing. It, for the most part, like they'll ask me to help for some stuff or ask me their my opinion on things. But um, a lot of those members have been there for several, several years and they have their own rhythm. They have their own programming. Either they purchase it from somebody else or whatever. So they just go in there and do their thing. Um, and that and I think that's really how our gym is very uh, has its own niche of like my husband tries, really says that I think the people that go to your gym are more serious in the sense of they know that what they're there to do. They don't, mm -hmm. they don't, and I'm not knocking big global gyms or people that want to go get on an elliptical or a treadmill for 45 minutes, but they're in there with a purpose and they're either training for something um, or, I mean, even just training for, for life and, for you know, life. to eat well and, you know, um, they just want to keep their strength up and their, you know, health in good shape. And so they're very motivated by themselves. It's awesome. I see. Now, as you look forward with this, obviously we're quote unquote beyond the pandemic and, and we can operate with normalcy. And so what's the focus for you moving forward with this? Are we, are we able to get more members? Are we looking to to steer more people towards things like personal training or coaching groups? Is the goal something that we haven't even talked about yet? What are what are you thinking about as you move forward with this? Um, well, one of my goals from when I purchased the gym was to actually make it bigger as an actual size. Since we're not very big, I would love to at least double our size to have more room. Um, that way we can actually take on more members. Um, I feel like once we reach a certain number, we'll be capped out because then we only have so many platforms. And if everybody comes at the same time, you run into a big mess there. Um, what is that number, at least in your mind, for a cap? Of members? Currently, <laughs> not in the hypothetical double size space. I would say... I said we're roughly like 40. I would say I wouldn't go over 50 right now. Um, and uh, and just like I said, because we have a youth group that also trains there. And then I come in with personal training clients or whatnot. Um, so there always has to be room left open for if somebody comes in, whether it's a member or training client, et cetera. Um, so my goal is, was always to get a bigger facility. Um, and then, of course, all the you know, COVID happened and everything got super expensive and crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we kind of put that on the back burner and decided to stay where we're at for a few more years. Uh, but eventually we would like to be bigger. Um, I'm a huge fan of one way. Uh, when I actually got into fitness when I was really young, uh, many decades ago, I uh, started with uh, kickboxing and martial arts. So I really want to integrate a kind of a kickboxing area where people, we can have a kickboxing uh, area like classes and that sort of thing. Um, I'm not sure if you're a 
familiar with like nine round yeah yeah so something of the sort um and that's one of my goals to do that um and to be able to just have host or have more platforms and racks in the gym for people to utilize and just a bigger area so when we train students in the summer or have student athletes throughout the year that we have room to sprint actually inside the gym not outside and sort of things. <laughs> so um gym owners can never have enough toys and, and enough space there's always bigger there's always more there's always better yes. uh, but it's a fun fun conversation really now I, go ahead for 2023, um, like I said, that social media was one of my things that I need to work on. And with the nutrition cert that I'm getting, I'm really, I'm, that's, I'm, one of my big goals for 2023 is to have an online presence, a better and bigger online presence, um, whether that's social media, whatever that, that entails. But that is my goal for 2023. Plenty of fun to talk about. Now, one kind of fun hypothetical question to to cap things off here as we run a bit shy on time we we double the size of the facility we fill out the membership we've got all of these awesome pieces of equipment and, and everything is flowing well what comes next for you beyond that Yvonne have we talked about multiple locations have we talked about selling at any point what's what's big big picture for you we uh, actually, my husband and I have talked about all those aspects. He says, you know, if you ever feel a point where you think that you want to sell it, you've built it bigger and you want to sell it, you, that's always an option. Um, my husband and I don't plan to stay in the area forever. So <laughs> eventually we will sell. Um, we still have some kiddos in school, so we got to kind of go, you know, finish that. But um, I have talked to him about, um, not necessarily franchising, but like going to another town or city and putting up another barbell club or mm -hmm. some sort. Um, I said, you know, we have those discussions all the time. So um, my those are the fun says, ones. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like always about it, you know, because he's about that's what he does is he helps other companies with investing and that sort of thing. Yeah. He said, if, you know, if you find somewhere where there's a need or you think it fits, then he goes, I think it's a great idea. But um, shout out to all the supportive husbands out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yvonne, that's a really good place for us to start to wrap our conversation up. Um, but in the short bit of time we have left, what's what's a place that people can go to learn a little bit more about this business? Is there a website? You mentioned social media a couple of times. Where can people go? Um. We can go to, uh, you can go to our website and it's uh, emeraldsc.com. So www.emeraldsc.com. That is our website. You can find us on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, we're under Emerald Strength. Um, or if you look up Emerald Strength and Conditioning, it should come up. So simple and easy. This has been awesome. I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing some insight and some lessons and wisdom of being a business owner here with us. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you because it sounds like we still have some, some ideas and some cards to be played. So for today, that's all the time we have, but uh, I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well.
Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.